Hello and welcome to Selection Night, Your Sporting Life. This is a new interview series. I'm Michael Shepherd, and I'll be talking to a load of people throughout the uh, upcoming, I guess, months or maybe longer. Who knows? Um, and we're talking to people about their sporting life, their journey through sport, what sport means to them, who's been encouraging them and mentoring them throughout their life and what sport means to them, us, you, me, everybody. And tonight we're talking to Jaya Baxter, who is a proud ambassador of Blue Steel Cricket and Blue Steel Cricket is uh, sponsoring the show. So thanks Blue Steel Cricket and Brad and everybody involved and welcome to the show, Jaya. Thanks for having me, mate. Absolute pleasure. So... <clears throat> You've been uh, playing sport for a while and yep. you face some serious competition. Um, however, I want to run a series of questions at you that you haven't seen and uh, a bit of an introduction of yourself for our uh, wonderful listeners. And this will, um, yeah, so we'll start off by, yeah, so just introduce yourself. Uh, where are you currently, Jaya? Uh, yeah, so my name's, as you've said, my name's Jaya Baxter. Um, I'm a proud Nigger woman Gary man from northwestern Australia, little Aboriginal community in Derby. Um, I was born and raised in Geelong on Wadadurong country, and that's currently where I'm living at the moment. Cool. No worries. So we're interstate talking across the land, um, and yeah, welcome to you and, and all you people. So Thank you. You've um, played a, a lot of sports. So what sports have you played for clubs? Uh, but growing up, mainly the, the stock standard footy and footy and cricket. Um, growing up, uh, played just a lot of club cricket and just, just footy in the off-season just to keep myself out of trouble and yep. keep up with some good friendships. And um, fell out of love with footy when I was about 16, so I gave rugby a go. Oh. Um, and then, yeah, so then it was just rugby and cricket for a few years. Yep. Um, and always, always loved the rugby side of things, but um, just got way too physical through um, those teenage years and yep. had to kind of choose between one or the other and chose to stick with cricket. So picked up a couple of sets of golf clubs and, just have a hack every now and again just to keep myself self fit in the off-season. Yep, cool. So I guess that kind of leads into my next question, which is what sport do you excel at? What What are you best at? Uh, by far cricket. Yeah. Um, having, as you know, having moved to Darwin um, when I was 21 and playing a lot of cricket up there, you, you play with... Um, some pretty incredible cricketers, and you've got to learn your craft pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, when you start playing with better cricketers, and um, yeah, I just chose cricket and played cricket full time instead with no other sports now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that definitely goes into my next question, which is what sport are you playing at the moment? And given that it's smack bang in the middle of summer, cricket's <laughs> a pretty easy answer to give there, I'd reckon. Cricket's a very good answer to give there. Um, 
yeah, so playing cricket down here in Geelong for Thompson Cricket Club, just in the um, Div 3 comp down here yep. um, with a lot of mates who I was lucky enough to win a premiership with in uh, 2017, which was by far one of the best premierships I've ever been a part of. Very cool. So, so you, having, you... having fun with some old mates down here. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Really? It is. When it boils down. Fun, I do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how many clubs have you played for? Uh, this is my fourth fourth or fifth club now. Yep. Can you remember them? So I can. So I started my cricket journey at Newcomb Bulls in the Ballerine comp down in Geelong. Mm-hmm. Um, and under 13s, last year under 13s, early under 15s, moved to Grovedale Cricket Club. Yep. Where I started playing my senior cricket. And then due to a broken ankle when I was six, 16, mm-hmm. um, I stopped, 16 or 17, sorry, stopped playing cricket for two years. Yep. And then went to Thompson and played there um, and then moved to Plenty Valley and then off to Darwin and Adelaide where I played for Nightcliffe and then Port Adelaide Cricket Club and Ingle Farm Cricket Club last year where we won a premiership. Yes, that was a big year. Um, Very big. So what age did you start playing club sport? So how old were you when you uh, first kitted up? I think I played my first game of cricket in the fourth grade with Dad when I was about six years old. Wow. Had a bit of a, had a field with Dad um, due to an injury, which was nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So what's the – no one – I reckon I might know the answer to this one, but what's the biggest arena or the most – special ground that you've played on? Uh, Adelaide Oval. Yeah. I was lucky enough Adelaide to be Adelaide Oval last that. year for the Southern Boomerangs, which I think you were lucky enough to be in the crowd for. Absolutely. Yep. I even got a, a boundary side interview, which was pretty cool. You did. Um, so for <clears throat> all the people out there listening, you can go into the back catalogue and check that out. It's one of our Shep and Tomo uh, episodes. But you might as well just go back and listen to them all, I reckon. Um, so might as well. It might always, as well. Always good listening when you're hosting. Oh, thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Um, what's your proudest moment on a sporting ground? It sounds like there's a few. Um, it's hard not to go past winning premierships. Yeah. Um, but the the most proud moment for me was um, when I made my when I found out for the first time I'd be representing Victoria at the National Indigenous Cricket Championships. Yep. Um, I couldn't, I can't remember the year, but if you give me two seconds, I'm, I'm sure about to find out for you. But um, Alex Kerr presented me my hat, my cap, and um, that's just something that will stick with me forever. Um, not only representing Victoria, but representing all of our communities and all of our people um, is just something that, every Indigenous cricketer wants to do. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it makes uh, everybody that surrounds surrounds you proud and as much as it does for you as well. Um, and speaking of the people around you, um, which coach or mentor had the biggest effect on you? Which coach or mentor... Um, is was probably last year at Ingle Farm Cricket Club, Kim McQu- uh, McLean. Yep. 
So the, our, our captain's dad, he, okay. um, yeah, he's just someone who helped me really find out where my cricket game was at. Yep. Uh, and that's um, still keeps in contact now and just he's just been there every step of the way from uh, when I was going through some hard times in, in Adelaide and yep. made sure I got through those on and off the cricket field. And, um, yeah, when that post went up saying that I was selected again this year for Victoria, he was the first person to message me and saying congrats and wishing me the best. Excellent. And that's, you can't buy those types of people. Um, and that's what right. <clears throat> yeah helps the uh, the whole community grow as well. Um, <clears throat> so moving to a little bit more wider field, who was your sporting idol growing up? Definitely Adam Gilchrist. Yep. Adam Gilchrist and Brad Haddon um, through my younger years been the national wicketkeeper batsman and two people that I've tried to craft my game around. Yeah. Um, and now, nowadays looking, looking up to people like Matthew Wade and yep. Tim Payne when he was in the top job, yep. um, just, just people that really enjoy the way they went around their cricket and great people on and off the field. Well, I also, uh, have to say that I, you're obviously a paid up fully subscribed member of the Wicket Keepers Union, um, which sure I'm am. a proud member of as well. Um, now With the busted fingers, the busted fingers. Um, yeah, the 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 sunburnt back of the neck because we wear caps, not hat. I like the floppies. Exactly right. Um, never the, sunburnt arms. Sun, never sunburnt arms, long sleeves. That's right. And the pads on the outside. There's a new current, um, I guess, trend where keepers aren't wearing pads at all. That. Drives me mad, <clears throat> especially when... What, it, was, it was 36 degrees here in Geelong on Saturday when we were playing, and I was like, you know what? First time ever I've done no pads while I kept. Oh, really? Felt uncomfortable for the entire time. Yeah, right. So next week it back to terrible. pads. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like you're fully dressed, I reckon. No. Something um, was missing the entire time. Yep. Um, what is it about sports that you love? Uh, definitely it's going to be just that, that waking up on a Saturday morning, you know, you're going to spend the entire day with 10 or 11 of your best mates yep. and nothing else matters. Yeah. You could be going through hard times outside of sport. As soon as you, you're with your teammates and you, you cross that white line or you're out at the crease, hopefully making runs, um, just nothing else matters except for that next ball. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes it doesn't matter if you make runs or take wickets. It's the uh, being around your mates and and them getting around you and you getting around your mates as well that makes sport so important. Exactly um, right. All right. Well, I think you, yeah. do, you build friendships and relationships that you could you could drift for a few years, move clubs, move into state, and you come back to that same club, and those exact same people are. The ones who check in on you all the time, and yeah, when you come back to that club, they're just they're right there by your side, and it's like you never left. Absolutely. All right, so let's wind it back right to the start. Um, so let's start to unpacking your sporting story, your sporting life. Um, so you said that you first started um, as a six-year-old with your dad. 
um, as an injury. So how did, um, what's your memories of that? Um, literally very vague. Yeah. Um, not the smartest tool in the shed. So remembering <laughs> stuff that, that many years ago, almost 20 years ago is pretty tough, but, um, it's just, it's just like every, every Saturday when I was a young kid going down and watching dad run around in the fourth grade. Um, and you, you just, you'd always just want to run on and just be with dad and spend yeah. time with dad out on the cricket field. Um, regardless whether it was any good or not. Um, it was just, just something every kid wants to do and wanted to do. And yeah. if, if we wind forward a tiny bit to when I played my first proper senior game, I probably would have been 10 or 11, I reckon. Yeah, right. Just running it around in fourth grade with dad and I batted, I batted at 11 and he batted at 10 and we finished the innings off together. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and that that's probably the first memory of of a proper cricket game that I've got. Right. That's a pretty cool memory. Um, first time I ever strode out to bat and, um, yeah, I still remember I hit my little boundary than he did for the day, but he yeah, was right. not out and I was out. So. <laughs> So were the pads nearly as big as you were? Yeah, I snuck into someone's some one of the senior boys' pads, and I think they were chest guards as well as <laughs> as well as leg guards. Ah, oh, very cool. And the passion started early, obviously. It did. It did. And that was in Geelong. Um, so yep. <clears throat> so that then you can ball. Right. Yep. So. Back then, you would have been having a go at everything, eh? Yes. Yeah. Any any ball, any bat, any racket, club, anything I can get in my hands, I'll either try and kick it or swing it. Yeah. So in the off-season then, you would have been itching to play sport again. So how did you start with your footy career, I guess? Um, it was just a just a stock standard. All the all the kids at school we were at, we were all pretty tight knit group down in Geelong. It's back then it wasn't the biggest place going around, and yep. um, we all just played footy down at Snorbins Footy Club. Started off, I think, would have started off in prep with Auskick, just because all my mates were doing it, and then um, that just goes year by year, and you end up playing proper footy, and then you go into senior footy, so. Yeah, right. So have you got um, many memories or events that may have happened during your junior years? Um, like how important were those junior years for your senior uh, sport? Um, well, only ended up playing one, one senior year of footy uh, yep. last year at Ingle Farm Football Club. Yep. Um, it was just the same thing, just. The, all the cricket boys from Ingle Farm and we'd just won the premiership were were playing footy and um, one of my housemates at the time was one of the footballers and they'd go down and watch and they'd just turn around and one night and said, why don't you come down for a run at training? And don't know how, but I ended up getting selected in the in the ones that week. So Yeah, right. Straight in. Yeah, straight in. Be- best footy member would have been playing on Simmons Stadium though. Yeah, okay. In a, under... Under-18s or Colts um, semi-finals for South Barwon. Yep. Where I think we got pumped by about 20 goals. Yeah, right. But still, you've um, played on a AFL ground and a test arena. 
a test ground. So, exactly right. you know, that's some pretty big ticks in some fairly large boxes. Some, some that most people might not ever get to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've played on A-grade district grounds, but um, never never the uh, the next step up. Um, but, you know, I think <coughs> those days are gone, but that's cool. Um, so tell us about your journey of uh, your different, how you've moved around a little bit and the different clubs and, 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 and how those experiences have helped shape you. Yeah, so um, moving from, so going back to cricket, because I suppose it's no one else really wants to hear about playing Yep. mediocre footy or, <laughs> or bod footy or a couple of games of rugby here and there, but yep. cricket's where my real passion lies, so we yep. might focus on that, I think. Absolutely. So moving from uh, Newcomb Balls to Grovedale was just a a good chance to develop and move to a better, a Div 1 club. Yep. Um, and one of, the, one of the players out at Newcomb Balls was the junior coach out of Grovedale because his was playing in the first grade out there and it just made sense that he was coaching out there. Right. So are they in different competitions, those two different clubs? Yeah, they are. Right. Yeah. One's a, one's a hard wicket competition and one's a mixed. Okay. So we're not like South Australia down here. Your first and seconds will play on turf and your thirds and fourths, fifths and sixths will play hard wicket. Yeah. That's very much the same as Central Coast. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, so yeah, moved. It was just a development thing to move when I did. Yep. Um, at the sort of the back end of junior cricket, uh, and then, uh, as I said earlier, broke my broke my ankle and foot uh, when I was sixteen. So it was um, had a season off for that. Right. Uh, with an ankle reconstruction involved and. That got a bit messy, so I had a year off and just fell out of love with the game. Yeah, and then all my mates from high school were playing over at Thompson. Okay, because it was in the the same suburb as we all grew up in, and they all just turned around and said, "If you're going to come back to cricket, why don't you just come back and play with all your mates?" Yeah, it's a fair enough reason. So, yeah, well and truly fair enough. And I was like, "Well, I probably wasn't going to play cricket again if that wasn't the case." And so moved there and. Well, competitive in the first year there and won the title in the second year in probably one of the most challenging cricket seasons um, you could go through, just being relegated down to Div 3. and Yep. Um, yeah, it was kind of a bit, bit grim what, how we got relegated and then going down, we just had the drive and everyone was on the same page from ball one of the season that – ball one of pre-season – Yep. for the year that we're just we're going to win the premiership that year and we stuck to it and funnily enough we won the premiership that year i guess that also goes to show the power of positive thoughts and a drive and determination about the cause of why you're doing something so it was obviously personal that you were relegated you as a group took it pretty much to heart and definitely felt that way. Yeah. So I guess that's finding an incentive amongst a group um, and you're all pulling in the one direction is, is something that a lot of sporting teams fail to capture. Um, yeah. And I guess that is also something that once you do capture 
and you do get the reward and the success that you're all craving for, it makes that a pretty powerful reason to celebrate, doesn't it? Exactly. So what move, What happened after that? Because there's so always after, a after, honeymoon period, I guess, and secondary syndrome. Is, so um, after that, um, moved to moved to Ballarat and played, funnily enough, was working in the city in Melbourne, so played for a Melbourne club, Plenty Valley, for a year. Yep. Um, it was a That was a sub-district cricket and just wanted to test myself at a little bit higher cricket again. Yep. Uh, which I didn't have the worst year, put a handful of scores together and it kept okay when I had my chance to keep, but yep. not great. Yep. Um, my head probably wasn't 100% in, in the game that season. Um, and then made the choice to move to Darwin uh, straight after that cricket season or just before that cricket season had finished, in fact. Yep. And, um, yeah, found Nightcliff Cricket Club up there, which absolutely fell in love with from day dot and played a season up there. Yep. So um, with the a, weather being... season up there, it was like four seasons because of how hot it is all year I was, round. I was going to say, because of the weather up there, the seasons are a little bit different, aren't they? Correct. So, so would it be... Cricket season up in Darwin is actually in our winter. Right. I guess you don't yeah. need the build-up or the wet season because you ain't going to play no. much cricket when it rains uh, metres at a time. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, yeah, absolutely. Just I've, I've re-found my love for the game up there playing in um, the T- NT Cricket Strike League up there, which was a T20 comp, and yep. found myself in the Under-21 Academy in the NT, which was – so it was cricket – six days a week yeah, right. um, and just really found my passion and drive to play cricket again. Um, so I stayed up there, moved up there in a the wet season, played cricket in the dry season and then stayed another entire wet season. Yep. Um, and was looking at um, whether to play cricket again up there or move back down to Adelaide. So we moved to Adelaide in the winter and then played the cricket season down there for Port Adelaide. Yep. Um, so how was it playing district cricket in Adelaide? Amazing. It was it was good, but then had a had a few issues with um, one one of the clubs up there that we played against. There was um, I won't go into too much detail because I'm not going to put a downer on this. Yep. This because it shouldn't be a, a downer thing, but yeah. Um, yeah, there was just some some racial issues up there, and right. wasn't overly impressed with how the the competition um, dealt with it up there. And I won't go into that because then that becomes personal. But yep, yep. Um, then I found the drive to move to Port Adelaide Cricket Club, and right. just some of the best blokes you'd ever meet in your life. Yeah. So, um, was Weeksy coach back then, or was he still playing? No, Weeksy was Weeksy was our head coach and probably yep. one of the best coaches I've ever played under. Yeah, and he's a great bloke too. So, great bloke. He helped me craft or work out my game a bit better, and um, yeah, just just little things like finding the finding out my two boundary balls or 
Just okay. little things of how I can get off the mark a bit better and get more confident yep. confident in getting off the mark rather than just waiting only for those two good balls to to chuck my hands at. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I so taught, he taught me a lot about the game. Yeah. And in a short time we had together. Yep. No, he was um yeah, definitely one of the better players I umpired. Um and yeah, big memories there. He was a cracking cracking player, absolutely. Um, so then you moved to Ingle Farm. Was it much? Was it straight after your time with Port Adelaide? Yes, yeah, straight after Port. So the following, so I only played one year at Port, and then yep. the next year moved to Ingle Farm, and yeah, it was was a, it was really, 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 really good playing for Ingle Farm. Batted, kept all year and batted, um, learnt learnt a new role batting at four, four and five for Ingle Farm, and kind of finishing off innings um, when required. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, just once again, just built big confidence in my ability because they, they bought the best out of out of all their players and they still do. Yeah. So what um, what um, grade uh, Port Adelaide, uh, uh, Ingle Farm in, in the turf competition? So, so Div 1 or A1. Yep. And I was playing first grade for them. Yeah, so that's a pretty high standard. Um, so as good as you get, that's not Premier Cricket, isn't it? It really is. And um, uh, I, 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 that's where I will leave it. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, A1 teams in the turf competition that would be competitive playing at district level. Um, well and truly. But there's I think, reasons. I think Port District at the moment, they've they got promoted and I think they're doing quite well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of movement and the quality of players in uh, in the turf competition here in Adelaide is is pretty good, um, that's for sure. And yeah, may long may it continue. So then you moved back to Victoria. Although I say before we get too far ahead, something big happened in Adelaide, though. I got to say. What we met? Well, yeah, that. Um, does it get any bigger than that? <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us about your time um, and how you got selected for the uh, for to, to play at the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, right. So, um, so coming from Victoria and having represented the the Victorian Indigenous side, um, once I moved up to Darwin, um, I still played for Victoria, even though I was living up there. Yep. But then when I moved to South Australia, just built a, a pretty good relationship with um, a few of the boys in the South Australian side. And um, just those relationships just developed even stronger when I'd moved to Adelaide. Yep. And a few of them caught wind that I was in Adelaide. So went went to a few of the training sessions and um, from there met uh the coach pete pete thomas yep uh and just just built a really really good relationship with him and he um gave him crack with the southern boomerangs boys over there um and we 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 had a trial game oh that sorry national champs got cancelled um last year so they were like well instead of cancelling it all together why don't we put together some 
some games um, against a few different place, uh, different clubs, and yep. played a few on Karen Rolton, and then the opportunity come up to play for the Southern Boomerangs um, at that Oval, and my goodness, is that a place to play cricket? Yeah, and even Karen Rolton is a very special ground. Yep. Got a fifty on Karen Rolton Oval, cool. Which was which is very nice. Yeah, um, for the Southern Boomerangs and yep. yeah. So when you played at the Adelaide Oval, obviously, uh, well, not obviously. <clears throat> the The crowd that was there would have been in the hundreds. Um, there would have been a yeah. hundred and something there. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was. I think there was a bit more during the the rest of the day because I think it was the schoolboys championships yeah. that were playing before yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. So there would have been, yeah, there would have been a few hundred there, maybe five hundred during the day. Yep. Which, when you're not used to playing in front of crowds, that's a yeah, that's a that's a fair crowd. You take that to a local game of cricket, and it's a packed house. It really is. Um, I the biggest crowd I played in front of was, uh, maybe a touch more, but it was in 1988. So I was 16, and we were playing at Terrigal on the Skillion ground. So this is, I think, in my first year in senior cricket, actually. Um, so we were playing low-grade cricket, and heaps of people had lined up and parked around the Oval to check out the um, the replica Endeavour that was the obviously the, the ship that brought Captain Cook out to Australia sail down the coast and so they were all waiting for the endeavor to come down and it never rocked up so they all turned around and watched the cricket and oh wow yeah so we're we're playing cricket proper village standard and had this massive crowd it was the most surreal and then you had the skillion in the background so yeah pretty cool pretty cool when that happens but the um the atmosphere at the Adelaide Oval that day, I've got to say, it was it was pretty cool because every time the ball hit the bat, and it didn't matter who who was batting, it made a cracking sound like a whip. And if it went to the boundary, then when the crowd applauded, it echoed, and it probably sounded more like a thousand people than a hundred odd. I would say. That's the biggest thing I noticed when playing at the Adelaide Oval and even Karen Rolton, but once the ball comes out of the middle of the bat, just that crack. Yeah. It's just a noise you'll never forget. You nearly hit me a six, I've got to say. It was pretty close. I did. I think it fell an inch short, didn't it? Yeah. Give it the side. Yeah. I tried to get myself um, – we won't say where I was placing myself, but I was near the boundary and I saw it coming. It was nearly going to end up on your lap. Um but it's um, that would have been nice to hit some boundaries on the Adelaide Oval, though. That was, that was. It's it, like I said, it's something that you'll never forget, and everyone wants to play cricket on the best grounds and against some good cricketers. And th- th- not many places in the world get better than the Adelaide Oval, do they? No. Well, there's plenty of major Test cricketers that rate the Adelaide Oval as one of the best Test grounds on the planet so not only is it just a normal everyday test ground but to be rated amongst the players that play on those grounds at that level as one of the best grounds in the world is is pretty special 
And that comes from a lot of international cricketers too. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I'll tell you what, if it's good enough for them, it's definitely good enough for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll nearly go and watch just about anything there too because it's a beautiful place to sit and watch uh, cricket as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Yes, you've moved back to Victoria. Yep. So what's happened lately? What what? Um, how are you hitting them? Um, uh, well, this, this season's been a bit of a funny one. So uh, as we mentioned earlier, back at... Thompson Cricket Club um, with a lot of my mates that grew up with and we won the premiership with. Yep. Uh, but due to some some personal issues, so we we actually lost lost mum earlier in the year, early yeah, early to mid last year, and Dolan's um, No, you're right. And um, so she passed away at the Austin Hospital, and funny funny enough. Um, the the Aboriginal liaison officers there that were helping mum while she was in her hospital stay um, yep. and that helped us through the passing of her. Um, they had a job going at the time and they I was working at Kerr Lewis Golf Course um, when this happened and they'd, they'd offered me the job and I tentatively said no. Look, bit of a tough time. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Um, and then went went home and... About three weeks later, I was at work and I was like, actually, I'm, I'm not enjoying groundskeeping anymore. Yep. Um, and just went home to my partner. I was like, look, I've been offered a job and what are your thoughts of, of me potentially taking it? And she's, she just turned around and said, if you've got nothing to lose and only things to gain and you can do something good for the community, you give, give it 12 months and if you don't like it, go back to groundskeeping because I'll always have that to fall back on. And yep. um. Yeah, it's been four months now working at the Austin, and I don't, I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever turn around. So, oh, that's cool. Um, the first half of the season, only managed to play two games, um, just to get my head around the mental side of work and yep, um, adjust to to a new, a new work environment, which took a bit longer than I wanted to, but um, it it is what it is, and at the end of the day, work. Work comes over playing Div Three cricket, yeah, um, which is which is fine. And had the discussion with our coaching staff and the our captain and all the other players, and we're all at the same same agreement on that. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, come out after Christmas and hadn't trained, hadn't um, haven't hadn't even looked at my kit bag since the last game I played. Yep. And yep. walked out the middle on Saturday just. Just with this weird feeling of confidence and um, walked back in the shed 18 overs later with 75 to my name. Oh, and, 18 overs. Yeah, and just felt just felt like I was back and happy playing cricket now that I've settled into the new job and I'd taken that time away from the game that was much needed. Yeah, and sometimes you need to have a break to rediscover you know, the little bit of freedom that you need to play sport too because sometimes... You don't realise until you take that time away from the game either. Yeah, yeah. But um, I guess with all of that, um, the general sporting stories around the country um, 
resonate with playing with your mates, um, discovering things about yourself that you never knew that you could do or believed that you could do. Um, and, yeah, you've told a brilliant story um, about your sporting life, Jai. Thank you very much. Have you got, um, I guess, the last thing that um, I'd, I'd like to ask you, um, if you either could go back in time and tell yourself, your younger self, any any advice, or if you've got any advice for a younger sportsman, whether it's a cricketer or a footballer or a table tennis player, um, if they've if they are getting quite serious about sport, what what advice have you got for them? Um, just it doesn't it doesn't even matter whether it's sport related or not sport related. Yeah. Um, if if you've got a passion and and you get to a point where you're starting to fall out of love with it, take the time take the time away from the game and you'll you'll learn to you'll learn to fall back in love and you'll you'll learn to um realize why you play the game. Yep. And for me, as I mentioned for the game that I loved it. It was for the friendships, it was for the beers in the sheds after the game that you just that's when you tell the best stories. Yeah. And you just you learn a lot about yourself when you're with a lot of your best mates and it's, it's that time of the week that you just, nothing else matters except for the next ball that's in front of you um, or those conversations that you have with those people that you don't realize mean a lot to you until you've actually stood away for that little time and thought, shit, I actually need this. Yeah. No, very, very good advice. Um, and from all of the listeners, yep. It's not going to be afraid to take that time away either. Yeah. You're not going to you're not gonna lose much by taking one season off or, or just taking a few weeks off to, to collect your thoughts and get yourself in a better mental space. Yeah, because that's what it's all about. You know, we, um, we, we say our work, and this isn't just my work, but, most workplaces that care about their employees are uh, more than interested in providing a good work-life balance, but more to the point, it's a life balance. So that comes with sport and the pressures that you put on yourself. And at the end of the day, it's sport and we need to enjoy it. Exactly right. Cool. Exactly right. No worries. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Jire, and thanks very much for being uh, our first guest on Your Sporting Life on Selection Night. And on behalf of Blue Steel Cricket, which you're a very proud ambassador for, um, uh, well, I guess we should have a shout-out to Brad Smith at Blue Steel Cricket. I was about to say, I think think Brad Smith well and truly drew for... Due for a shout out, and yep. if there's anyone out there looking for some cricket gear and some very top quality cricket gear for a very, very good price, um, either message myself or I'm sure you'll put the link to Blue Steel Cricket into um, the bottom of this episode. And most certainly um, will. Even if you've only got questions to ask, 
feel free to send them through and between myself, Brad, and everyone that works for him, we'll, I'm sure we can come up with a good deal for you. Absolutely. And I guess it's, um, I guess it, it's not really a type of secret that I keep, but um, I'm, f- I'm working hard. Well, my people are working hard with Brad's people to get him on the show next week. So um, he'll be able to tell us more about Blue Steel Cricket and we'll hear Brad's sporting story next week, I reckon. I'm sure you'll, you'll get some good baseball and cricket stories out of Brad. Absolutely. And I've been lucky enough to play with Brad um, and I played baseball with his dad and I played cricket with him. So I'm very, very lucky. One last man. Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, thank you very much, Jaya, and we will talk again soon. Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers, mate, and all the very best for uh, for the rest of this season and all the rest to come. Thank you. We'll be in touch. We'll do. Cheers, mate. See ya. Bye. That was Jaya Baxter, cricketer extraordinaire, Blue Steel cricket ambassador, and all round good guy. And I hope you enjoyed the show tonight.